welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, joined as always by my co-host and wingman, Vince. And we are here to chat about Penn State's upcoming matchup against Illinois. Now, Penn State is on the road for the first time this season, and definitely a little bit of intrigue with this, not only this being the first Big Ten game of the year, Penn State, in its most recent matchup against Illinois, is coming off of the nine-overtime debacle against Illinois. Uh, you know, plenty of memories, a lot of them bad ones coming from that one, so we uh, definitely want to erase those memories with some good ones from this upcoming matchup. So we're just going to dive right into our game preview here. So Vince, hit me with your initial thoughts on this matchup with the fighting Illini. Yeah. Um, you know, coach Franklin said in this press conference, we love opening our big 10 play on the road. Uh, said that today. So no, we're not strangers to that heading to Illinois. Uh, my first impressions on this Illinois team uh, not as much talent as a couple years ago. And, and here, here's why, uh, coach talked about, uh, mainly the quarterback today, uh, Altmeyer, he's a dual threat quarterback. Um, you know, Garrett green definitely did give them some issues from West Virginia with his legs. So I think that's going to be a challenge for Penn state on the, uh, you know, the offensive end, Isaiah Williams is probably going to be his, his top target. But during during the press conference today, um, Coach Franklin was the main guys. He was really saying showed showed up on film was a lot of the defensive players, uh, mm-hmm. all three levels. A lot of really good players. However, if you're looking at uh, their matchups, they gave up 28 points to Toledo at home, and they recently lost on the road at Kansas uh, by giving up 34 points. So. Uh, the fact that those offenses were able to put up a lot of points against Illinois, uh, I don't feel uh, quite as scared about that. So I'm feeling feeling pretty good heading into this this one. Uh, there are some unknowns though. Uh, this is going to be their first time playing outside of Happy Valley. This is going to be Drew Aller's first start in you know opposing territory, especially a long road trip. It's an early game. It's uh, mm-hmm. noon our time, but it's. 11 central time. So they're going to be waking up pretty early, going to be out of the routine a little bit. Um, you know, Delaware was, was good for getting a morning game in, but still when you're an athlete, you like your routine, you like to be on a set schedule. So road games are always a little iffy Illinois. They're going to have their orange out. Um, it's kind of like last year where we're getting all these, uh, colors of the rainbow, uh, on the road. Uh, people love hosting Penn state and I guess kind of, counteracting our whiteout with their school colors. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I take that as a badge of honor for, you know, being a prestigious football school. So, you know, overall I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. It, it might be closer than we'd like it to be, but all in all, I think Penn state's talent is going to uh, be enough to give them a victory uh, barring anything crazy like uh, turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you. I think Penn state definitely has the talent edge in this matchup. I think that, you know, once the dust settles, I think Penn State, spoiler, will win this game by a comfortable margin. 
But I think coming out of the gate, especially going into halftime, I think this could look a little bit closer to West Virginia than it did Delaware um, in terms of the scoreline. Um, I had the same thought as you about Altmaier um, and the fact that Penn State hasn't shown a tremendous ability to stop a mobile quarterback yet this season. So I think that's going to be kind of a key thing that Franklin and crew are going to be talking to their players about this this week. And I think that's going to drive a lot of their game plan because, um, you know, we know that Penn State has the guys to hang with just about any receiving core in the country. So put all the resources into stopping the run, make Altmaier uh, throw the ball. He has just as many interceptions as he does uh, passing touchdowns this season so far. So my thing is uh, make him throw, make him beat you with his arm and, uh, you know, trust your playmakers King and Dixon out there to make plays and hopefully snag one or two out of the air. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the main thing as it is, you know, with most games is just winning that turnover battle, especially in an environment like this. And, you know, it, it's always weird when you're trying to do like a supercharged environment, like a color out in a noon game, that's going to have like an 11 AM start time. Like the vibes just don't quite match up in that scenario, but even so, you know, Fans are excited about this. Um, the players are going to be excited about this. I mean, it's a top 10 team coming into their stadium. Um, so the best way to neutralize the environment, the crowd, and the energy of the opposing team is to take the ball away. So those are my things. Um, but as far as like other players that are kind of on, you know, my my radar, um, we mentioned Altmaier, but uh, the next one that I think is really kind of the, the star of their team in a lot of ways is uh, Jerzon Newton defensive tackle, um, consensus All-American second team from last season. He was a preseason AP first team All-American this season, um, already doing some good things, uh, creating havoc in the opposing backfields, uh, getting to the quarterback, putting a lot of pressure on him. So I think that'll be a really good test for uh, Hunter Norzad and the guards in this game um, to kind of limit his ability to kind of throw Drew off his block. And the other name that I have here is uh, Miles Scott, a uh, sophomore defensive back. Uh, and the reason why I really mention him is because he's just all over the stat sheet already this season. Um, even though we're only two games in, he leads the team in tackles. He has, um, I believe it's a couple of interceptions. He has a, I believe a pick six, if I'm reading the stat box correctly. But so, you know, a couple guys in there, even though they did lose a lot of talent last year, they still got some solid dudes um, on that squad. So, you know, I don't think this is a matchup that Penn State should overlook uh to a major degree but um any other names that you're going to be watching out for yeah definitely isaiah williams we covered him at wide receiver but he's also uh an electric kick returner yeah uh, so you know coach said to look out for that and then also you know you, it seems like australian punters are just taking over college football right now you got hugh robinson uh australian punter so sure he's gonna be doing some of those rugby style kicks so that could present a challenge on special teams as well so um, mm-hmm. You kind of hit, hit the nail on the, the head with uh, a lot of those guys. Uh, I do think that maybe part of uh, Illinois' opponents scoring so many points is maybe the the offense's inability to put up a, a ton of yards. Uh, you know, against Kansas, I think they only had 202 passing yards and 139 rushing yards on the ground. So not a ton of offense. So, you know, that can, you know, wear out the defense. And I, I think you know, field position and special teams is going to be really important in this one and just taking care of the football. Um, if it takes a little bit to get the offensive going, 
you know, Penn State just needs to be cool, calm, and collected and, and know that they're going to be okay. Uh, the offense will, will figure it out. They just need to make sure that uh, they take care of the football and really try to make Illinois earn it and just work their way up the entire field. We can't have uh, any, you know, big plays. Uh, Altmeyer has shown the ability to, to break it deep. Uh, he had a 72-yard rushing touchdown against Kansas, so that's going to be a present a challenge. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, Manny Diaz is going to be throwing up uh, – a bunch of different schemes, maybe a you know linebacker spying the quarterback uh, to really stop that from happening. And uh, you know if we have good gap discipline, uh, I think this will be a relatively not 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 like easy, but I think very manageable uh, team to stop. Uh, you know, on defensively. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Um, another note that I have here, kind of similar to what you said about not letting them kind of sustain those long drives and just march down the field is to get them into third down situations. Cause so far this season uh, they are, they have a 33% success rate with converting third down. So, you know, I'd like if we're able to get them into like third and seven, third and eight situations, and maybe we do have that situation where we have um, a spy on the quarterback. I like our chances to, you know, kind of stop them on third down. Um, hopefully I'm not going to eat my words on that, but yeah. So I, I think though, like you said, it like, this is, this is going to be a litmus test in a couple different ways, you know, especially for the offense, because we know like kind of what the defense is made of, um, in a lot of ways, especially like with the starting lineup, but you know, in a lot of ways, like how drew was the question mark in week one, which is a test of the past with flying colors. He's, you know, still kind of a big question mark for this week three. Um, I think that, you know, he's poised enough to handle it. Um, you know, only time will tell. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see like if, you know, we kind of come out run heavy in the first half to, you know, kind of get away from uh, Jerzon Newton and others to just kind of stretch the stretch the field a little bit um, horizontally, you know, try to u- utilize like Nick Singleton's speed on the outside. Um and just kind of see if we can get some hard yards that way. But um, yeah. So you got any other like keys for the game, things you're looking for, stuff like that. Yeah. I think a uh, turnover battle and pass rush is going to be a big one for me. Uh, yep. Kansas was able to rack up six sacks against uh, Altmeyer. So wow. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, so that was a lot. And then uh, in terms of turnovers, they were able to force two. So um, if we could kind of hit that number and not turn the ball over, I really like Penn state chance. Penn State's chances in this one. Yep, agreed. All right, uh, are there any players on uh, Penn State uh, that you're looking uh, to shine in in this matchup? Definitely, Drew. Um, I think that's you know the number one player that you know so much is going to hinge on uh, for Penn State. Um, I'd really like to uh, see you know somebody really kind of step up at that defensive tackle position um maybe zane durant you know kind of continuing the momentum that he started getting rolling in the game against delaware um and either one of the edges you know chop and adisa like both of those guys have been relatively quiet so far this season uh everybody knows what they're capable of so i'd love to see those guys get to the quarterback early and often not sacking him on every play but put the pressure on him make him feel it like make him feel like he has to escape the pocket and do all kinds of stuff and try to huck the ball down the field because that's when chaos happens in a good way for Penn state. So 
Um, I, you know, so I think for me, it's defense on the defensive side where I see, you know, guys that I really like to step up, but the biggest question mark still for me is drew. Yeah. Um, I'll, I agree. Uh, based off of coach Franklin's press conference, I'm not super concerned. Uh, he just kind of said that, Hey, he's doing all those things. He's, uh, sleeping, he's eating right. He's studying. He's sleeping. <laughs> Dude, that's important in college, man. Yeah. Like, no, so I know, but it's just, it, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, like just doing everything. Like, uh, yep. you know, coach just said he's done everything that is pretty much asked of him, and he's living the lifestyle that an athlete should be living. Right, so that's really important. Mm. Uh, when you're young, like we we forget sometimes we see these amazing athletes, and we forget that they're 19, 20 year old kids, and you know, I'm sure when we were both in college, we were sometimes like staying up late or hanging out with friends, you know, goofing around doing whatever. And, but when you're an athlete at this level, you need to make sure you're doing all the right things and, you know, putting in the proper preparation if you're going to be successful on the football field. And it seems like he's doing those things. So I'm not uh, super concerned about him. I am really looking forward to uh, seeing what wide receivers shine this week. Uh, Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see a little more Amari Evans. He was a little kind of nicked up with an injury at the beginning of the season and, and got a little time and got a touchdown and looked pretty good. So I'm excited to see him excited to see some more Dante Cephas. You saw another nice catch from him last week. So uh, yep. seeing him along with uh, Trey Wallace and Kendra Lambert, I think that's going to be exciting. And um, if the tight ends continue to get involved, I think that would be really great as well. Uh, should the opportunities present themselves. I think it'll be fun to see how uh, our running backs go against a uh, a defense where Coach Franklin uh, feels very feels very highly of. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup. And just like you, I'm I really want to see that defensive tackle, someone at defensive tackle, really uh, step up and establish a presence. There's nothing a quarterback hates more than pressure from the interior and moving them from the pocket. You just saw that with uh, Geno Smith this weekend. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you saw the clip. Like Aaron, Do- Aaron Donald was like, uh, I don't know, making a counter and kind of, uh, you know, swinging around and just had a free path running at him. And you can just hear him on the microphone screaming, Oh my God. Like, and he just yeah. threw it like 30 yards over his wide receiver. Like it's oh my God. Yeah. nothing a quarterback hates more than interior pressure, especially with the largest human beings on the field. So yeah. if they can get some pressure, that would be huge. I really want to see some sacks uh, from that front seven. I want to see if we can beat Kansas's number. I think that would be a, a good goal to reach for. Um, so yeah, those, those are, yeah, those are the things I want to see turnovers, sacks, some interior pressure, and then seeing how the, how the offense does against uh, probably the best defense they've seen so far this year. And I think that's, you know, a good uh, precursor for Iowa, who we know yep. has a very elite defense coming into Beaver Stadium next weekend. Yeah, I think that's fair. And yeah, I think for me on the receiving side, I'd really like to see somebody kind of shine as like the number one receiver for this game other than Keandre. Not because like I not because I would hate to see Keandre have another monster game, but you saw him get a little nicked up in that game against Delaware, um, you know, kind of came back after he went into the injury tent, uh, seemed like he got a little tweaked up again a couple plays later. And I was kind of in my living room just kind of saying like, oh, dear God, like, you know, like take him out. We don't need him to, you know, have a broken ankle in this game against Delaware, but he finished the game, seemed like he was okay. You know, just kind of the typical like bumps and bruises of football. 
But when I'm thinking about, you know, his effectiveness in this game, I don't know if he's going to be a 100%. So I'd love to see uh, Dante Cephas really kind of capitalize on kind of the more positive performances over these last two games um, and really just kind of establish himself as, uh, as another reliable target because, um, you know, Keandre is far and away Drew's favorite target at the wide receiver spot. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to see more of that, but you know, if it, it just happens to continue to go to Keandre because they have that chemistry, then so be it. I just want everybody to come out of this healthy too. Yeah. Injuries are, are a big thing too, especially with the uh, Hunter Norzad. Uh, he was able yep. to get some rest last week and coach mentioned how that was good. And he mentioned how good backup Nick Dawkins did uh, at center. So it was really good to get him off the field and, um, the nice, yeah, the great thing is, you know, uh, you know, Nick's been putting in the work and, uh, you know, so there's not really much of a drop off when, when he goes in the game and he's playing at a high level. I actually met him this, this summer, really cool guy down to earth. Um, nice guy. So really cool to see him being successful, but also he has uh position versatility at the guard position too. So, um, mm-hmm. it was good that he's available. Should someone go down and, uh, kind of mentioned, uh, you know, how it was good to get Olufashanu out of the game against Delaware, uh, just you know, just because he's coming off a season-ending injury from last year. So the less reps he's getting throughout the season, um, hopefully that gives him more and more time to get stronger and, and healthier. And it's kind of crazy because he might not be at 100%, but still he's like the best offensive lineman in, in college football. Yeah, exactly. So just goes to show you how good he is. But um, good stuff. You got anything else here, or do you want to do some over-unders? Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's move on and talk about uh, Penn State and numbers and the spread. So, uh, the cool. spread's currently at fourteen and a half. Andrew, do you think Penn State covers the spread in this matchup? I do. Yeah, I think Penn State is going to cover this, um, and I don't think that they're going to blow it out of the water. But I think they're going to have a little bit of cushion on top of that. Okay, um, so I actually have them not covering the spread. I, I think it might. I yeah, Vince's pessim- pessimism is back. Uh, yep. You know, there's there was like a sinkhole on the bike path on my way to work uh, in State College today, so I'm like, ah, that's not a good sign. Like yeah, the whole street went down, and I'm like, oh man, that's not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so pessimism's uh, back a little bit, but I do still have Penn State winning. So okay, um, I don't have us covering the spread, but I I, I do have a win. So okay, we'll, we'll get get to that later. All cool. right. Uh, Penn State's offense uh, got a nice streak going, scoring 30 points. Do you think they get over 31 and a half? I do. Yep. Uh, I have Penn State taking the over here. Okay. I have the under. Under 31 and a half. I'm I'm going uh, bold here. Going the wow. under. How many points did did uh, Kansas score against them? Uh, Kansas got 34. And you think we're going to score less against them than Kansas. Oh, it's a, it's a road environment. It might okay. supposed to be loud. I'm sure like Illinois is going to be like, Hey, we beat Penn state at nine overtimes in their place. Come here and watch it again. Like, and then I'm students will show up for Penn state. So at I'm 11 sure AM. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a, a it's not going to be like a whiteout or anything, but I think it'll be a, okay. Decent environment. And I'm sure right. a good amount of Penn state fans there as well. Cause our fans travel well, but mm-hmm. uh, nonetheless, this is just predictions. I could be right. I could be. I would love to be wrong. You know <laughs> right. how much I love to be wrong. So 
Um, all right. Uh, points against over or under 17 and a half points for Illinois. I have the over. I think um, I have spoiler. I have Illinois uh, scoring three touchdowns. So I have the over. Ah, so I'm actually more optimistic than you here. I have, yeah. I have Illinois under 17 and a half. I, I really trust our defense. I think our defense is going to be uh, the best defense that can or Illinois has seen this year. So I, I really do like, like us to keep them under 17 and a half. So you think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game, huh? Yeah. I'm expecting it to be relatively low scoring. Uh, Weather is actually supposed to be pretty good. So that's actually okay. favorable for the offense. However, I, I just, you know, Illinois, like they, when they played us last time, they just kind of ran the ball and it was a kind of shortened the game and they might be doing the same thing here. Their, their offense is relatively balanced between the run and the pass. So they are pretty balanced, but. But do you think that's a good thing though? Because I don't think it's balanced out of like, they are trying to balance it. Like their top rusher is Altmeyer. So it's not like they, you know, they're not running it with whomever and Altmeyer is throwing it all around the field too. Like he's scrambling. And that's like why it's balanced because he can't find anyone to pass it to. So he's running. Yeah. But that is also why I have Illinois scoring less than 17 points. Fair enough. All right. Moving on. Um, how do you think Penn State's offense does? Can they amass 250 rush yards over or under? Oof, uh, that's tough. Um, man, that is a tough one. I'm going to take the under here. That's just a gut feeling. I think that you're looking at 70 to 80 yards for our two main guys. So as a team collectively, I'll take the under. Okay. I, I think we're going to run the ball a lot, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to go over. Okay. I think, the, the, I think Coach Franklin has established a really good philosophy this year of running the ball and making his uh, first year quarterback starting quarterback backs job a little bit easier. And you, know, yep. you saw that against Delaware, two thirds of their plays were, were running the ball, ran the ball a lot against West Virginia, despite that being really the strength of their defense and having a weak secondary. So I think you're going to see us running the ball a lot. And I think you're going to see them having a lot of success. Uh, Kansas was able to put up two sixty two, So but the offensive okay. line that we have, I, I, I'd like us to be able to to run the ball well. Okay, cool. All right, uh, passing yards over or under two fifty for Penn State. Hmm, another tough one as well. I'll take the over here. Um, you know, I I just think that it, it's not like Penn State's going to blow the top off the defense every time that they touch the ball. I just think that Penn State has enough playmakers to do some good things with the ball after the catch. Um, Drew's just proven to be so smart with the football, always finding the open man, always seems to, you know, throw for like 10 to 15 air yards before it's caught and stuff like that. So um, I'll take the over here. Nice. Um, I think I'll take the the under for the pass yards. I think we're just going to be running the ball more and yeah, it'll probably be like 225 to, you know, 240, something like that. Um, Yeah. So I don't, I just don't think we're going to need to throw the ball a lot. And I think, that's a good philosophy to follow. You know, if Drew Aller's handing the ball off, that's one less opportunity he has to be hit and injured. So true. Yep. With the talent he has, if, if you can kind of save that a little bit and limit some of those, uh, you know, 
plays where he could be in danger and, and get hit. I, I think that's a good thing. So I'll take the, uh, the under for that one. Okay. All right. Um, Kansas held uh, them to 139 rushing yards. Can we do better than Kansas against their rushing attack? Oh, man. They're 139. Um, I'm going to be a little pessimistic here. I'm going to say no, they can't. Because Penn State, you know, e- even though it was only one play, they still let that rushing defense uh, be the Achilles heel in that game against Delaware. Um, you know, until they kind of show me consistently that, like, if they stack the box and stop the run, I still think that they're going to find opportunities to get eight, nine, ten yards on certain carries. I don't think they're going to be able to do it consistently. But Penn State, you know, I think needs to get better at that defensive tackle position, kind of get off those blocks to the defensive line. Um, and we need to see a little bit, you know, cleaner tackling, maybe at like the linebacker spot when the ball carrier is coming up. If those pieces combine, I think that Penn State has the horses to to do that. But if I had to put my money on it right now, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no too. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they're going to be really jacked up for this matchup, and they have a special thing. They got their orange out, whatever. I, th- I think they're going to be really highly motivated. That's a Big Ten game. So I, I think the motivation is going to be high for them. It's early in the season. They don't know that they're not going to be quite the eight and four team that they were last year. So, yep. you know, I think uh, I think they'll be motivated and I, I think they'll get not not by a ton, but I think they can get over that margin. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, they had two hundred and two pass yards against Kansas. Uh, who does better? Us or Kansas? We do. This uh, this defense is, you know, even though we've said it for the past couple of weeks and, um, you know, we haven't had like a tremendous test yet. Like this defense is made to really stop the pass. So I like our chances here. I'm in agreement with you there. I think we can hold them under 200 yards passing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Penn State's turnover. So they're they're playing a little bit more of a better defense. Uh, it seems like according to Coach Franklin. Um, so do you think Penn State has over or under one and a half turnovers? Hmm. Man, that's tough. Um, I'm going to say under. But I do think we we cough the ball up once it's a road game road, big 10 game. Those environments tend to lead to like one sloppy turnover, um, you know, at, at various positions. Like, I don't think that Drew's just going to give the ball up on some ill-advised pass or something like that. Um, you know, it could, could be any number of things, but for some reason, those types of environments, those set of circumstances tend to, uh, create turnovers, but, I don't think that Penn state is going to be careless enough to turn the ball over twice. So I'll say under. Yeah, I'm very confident in, in the under as well. I feel confident about drew. I think, you know, coach Franklin has done a good job emphasizing, not turning the ball over. And, you know, you can look at that as that Clemson Duke game from week one, uh, turnovers yep. are like what can take down a David versus or a Goliath versus a David. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, I think that they're going to go in there, take care of business. If if they don't get the, you know, first down, that's all right. They're they're going to punt. I don't think they're going to try to be a hero. Now, again, like if if a helmet hits the football the right way, the ball is going to come out. Or if you know, 
a guy gets tackled while he's trying to catch it and happens to just bounce up the right way to a defensive back. Like that stuff happens. But yep. yeah, I definitely like Penn State under this this one and a half. And I wouldn't be surprised if they keep their turnover free streak going, uh, you know, into week yep, four agreed. versus Iowa. Yep. All right. Uh, takeaways for the defense. Do you have over or under two and a half? I have the over. Um, Altmeyer has thrown three interceptions so far uh, through this season. Uh, Penn State is the best defense that they'll have faced so far this season. So I think that if we're um, if we're able to get to Altmeyer, make him take risky passes down the field, I like our chances to get. I you know this might be dangerous to say, but at least two interceptions, and you know I don't hate the idea of a uh, strip sack fumble as well so i'll take the over i'm feeling confident yeah i think i might take the over in this one i think that they can get to three i think it'll definitely have two um you know especially with uh you know altmeyer struggling with sacks i'm sure those defensive ends are going to be really um trying to hit that throwing arm and knock the ball loose uh i think there might be times of desperation in the game or maybe they try to throw it deep and you know, you see one of the defensive backs coming down with an interception. So I'm feeling really good. Uh, I'll give me the over. Cool. All right. Um, sacks. Uh, can the defense match Kansas's six sack game? So we got over <laughs> under five and a half. Man, I would love to see the over, but man, that's a huge number. Um, this is a home game for Illinois. And even though I don't think it's, you know, I don't think the orange out is going to have this monumental like unwinnable environment sort of factor to it i don't think that penn state's getting up to that number i mean i'd be thrilled if we see like three or four just because like we haven't seen like that many sacks from this team so far this season but that is a gargantuan number so i'm gonna have to say under yeah i think with it it being at home that's gonna make it a lot easier for them being on the road at kansas last week uh you know just that crowd noise that makes makes the job of the offense so much harder it makes it harder to get you know, an exact snap count. Sometimes you're going silent count. So I'll, I'll take the under, but I, I, I think the pass rushers will have a good day. All right. Um, how does our, our offensive line do? Can they limit the sack number over or under one and a half? Under. I think that this is where the offensive line is going to start to hit its stride this season. I think that having as much rotation as they did against Delaware is going to start to pay off very quickly um, in terms of guys just knowing their assignments, feeling confident in what they're doing and in their technique and everything in between. So I, and we all know that like Drew has, you know, pretty good awareness, presence, able to move around in the pocket as the defensive backs coach uh, from Illinois said, he's, he's got a lot of poise and he's pretty, you know, pretty yes, athletic. Drew, Drew Aller's pretty. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so I, I think like those, those factors combined, like even though Illinois definitely, ha- they have some bona fide dudes in the defensive line. Um, Got some dudes. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the way back to Gus Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> yep. Um, I, uh, you know, like Franklin's not like unaware of the talent that they have there. So if they have to like move the pocket a little bit, I think they will. So, I think all those factors combined, I'll I'll say like I think they're going to get one, but it, I'd be hard pressed to think that they get two. So I'll take the under. 
Yeah, I like the under as well. Uh, I think you might see one of their their better pass rushers, maybe uh, you know Jerson Newton, kind of just squeeze through and and uh, get a sack. But I, I think Drew will uh, maybe he he's been kind of spoiled just with the elite play of the offensive line in, in the first couple of weeks. Really good. Uh, they're playing at a really high level, and I think uh, you know he might he might be holding on to the ball a little bit too much but after that first sack i think he'll kind of readjust and and know where he needs to be so i I like one sack so i'll I'll take the under cool all right moving on to our next segment fact or fiction i got some good ones today all right right, so um this is a fact uh penn state has the uh the record for most games consecutive games scoring at least 30 points at nine uh so fact or fiction penn state will score at least 30 points for their 10th consecutive game. Oh, fact. Easy fact. I mean, we covered this in uh, over-unders, but yeah, Penn State's going to get by that number. Yeah, and I think so too. I'm with you on this one. I don't have them going over the 31 and a half, but I do have them scoring at <laughs> least 30. So yep. give, me okay. a, give me a fact for that one. Penn State, uh, it, if uh, you know Toledo almost got there, I, I think Penn State has a good chance to do that as well. Exactly, which it just makes it that much more mind-boggling to me that you don't think that Penn State's <laughs> offense can can like that per, outperform Toledo by that much. But that's all right. Well, we'll 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 you know put a pin in that. Well, it's just one of those things like you never know how a game's going to turn out. I just kind of have a gut feeling that you know we'll keep them at arm's length, but I don't think we're going to be taking huge risk on offense. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen running the football and. Uh, again, a, a balanced passing and rushing attack. So I, I think that I, I think it'll be a relatively low scoring game. And also the new clock rolls that, that makes it more likely that my prediction is going to be right. So, mm. all right. Those five less plays. <laughs> all right. Factor fiction. Drew Aller continues to look poised on the road. Fact. This is, you know, no disrespect, but this isn't Ohio State. This isn't Michigan. Drew Aller is, uh, you know, has shown nothing but calm, collected presence um, at the quarterback spot. It it's almost like his unassuming nature just lends itself so perfectly to being a quarterback because he's just so reserved and analytical about what he's doing that he doesn't get he doesn't get low. But he also doesn't get too high. And so I think that that mindset, they've got great coaching. Um, you know, he's he's had great mentorship in uh, Sean Clifford. I mean, Sean had seen every single road environment that there is to see in the Big Ten. So, you know, all those all those factors combined. Um, I'm I'm taking fact here. I just I believe in him too much. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take fact as well. I think he's going to look good. So uh, Drew Aller is going to continue to do Drew Aller things. All right. uh, Fact or fiction. The lines will continue to start hot. I'll say fact. Um, You know, I don't, this isn't by accident that they're doing this. Like they've been very meticulous about how they've wanted to start out these games. And for the most part, they've done exactly what they've wanted to do. So yeah, I'll say fact. I'll, I'll go fiction lines typically start a little slower on, on the road just because it's on the road. I think it'll be a, a slower start. So I'll, I'll go fiction there. 
All right, factor fiction. Um, there was there was a question asked today about Olufashanu being on a pitch count. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in terminology, in terms of his snaps, just coming back from that injury, and, and Coach Franklin was kind of asked about that, and and he said it was more based on the situation. So I, I took that as, oh, if the game is going to be close, we're we're going to keep him in, but if we have an opportunity to get him out and avoid you know re-injuring himself, we're, we're going to do that. So. Uh, factor or fiction? Olufashan, Penn State will be up enough that Olufashanu gets some rest this game. Hmm, that's tough. Um, I'll say fact, but it's going to be late in the game. Yeah, so I think like really maybe. Late. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll go fiction just because of my final score prediction. But maybe like. Mm-hmm the last six minutes of the game in the fourth quarter, just one drive and like Penn state's trying to run the ball and just not turn it over and kind of run out the clock. I think you might, might see a might seem get a little bit of rest, especially gotcha. with, the, with the offensive line depth that Penn state does have. And, uh, you know, coach Franklin talked about uh, like guys like Javen Williams um, who have been, you know, pretty good in the running game just because they're more used to that at the high school level. But then, uh, you know, not quite as refined with pass rushing technique and, and passing more on the college level. So they're, they're continuing to get better, obviously, but they're not as experienced. So I think that's a, a good opportunity to put a, put, put a young guy like that in when it's, uh, you know, r- rushing the football and doing something that he excels at. Yeah. All right. Um, factor fiction, the running backs will continue to look great against a strong defense. Fact. Both of these guys are studs. It, you know, it takes a Herculean defensive effort to make both of these guys look inept. Um, we really haven't seen that at all through their college careers thus far. So I'm going to say fact. Yeah, I'm going to say fact as well. Uh, I think they're both going to continue to look awesome and until they prove me otherwise. Yep. All right. Last factor fiction for uh, for the day. Um, the defense can stop the big long run uh, throughout the game. So we'll say fact uh, factor fiction. Penn State doesn't give up a run over, we'll say, 25 yards. Mm, fiction. There's going to be at least one. <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 I hate to be like that confident that they're going to give up the big run, but it's it's happened, you know, a couple times already this season. I don't think they're going to give up like a sixty yard touchdown run like they did against Delaware. I mean, that guy had some wheels, but well, yeah, and he um, averaged like ten yards a carry against Stony Brook, so he's not like a yeah scrub out there. But yeah, they're they're gonna get they're gonna get one at least one chunk yard run play. So I'm yeah. I'm taking fiction. Yeah, I'll, I'll say fiction as well. It just seems like there always seems to be one guy who messes up. And then, you know, something happens like that. And uh, I think it's likely, but, um, you know, coach coach is really emphasizing that in, in the film room this week and getting those kind of things cleaned up. Uh, they're, they're focused on getting better every week. And, um, you know, I think that's, there is some potential that that could be a fact. So I'm not kind of rolling it out, but I, I, I will say that it's more likely to happen than not happen. Yeah. All right. So before we do, Final scores. What is your communion prediction for Illinois? My communion prediction is that Kalen King will have two interceptions in this game. Uh, We have yet to see a defensive back snag one out of the air so far this season. So they're due for at least one. Um, 
Illinois has turned the ball over in the air just as many times as it's thrown uh, passing touchdowns so far this season. So they are not without error, especially in that category. And we all know how much Kalen likes to snag one or two out of the air. So I'm saying Kalen King, two interceptions in this game. What about you? I like it. Um, I'm going to go further up on the defense. I'm going to say Chop Robinson has at least two sacks in this one. Two sacks. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go with that. I was going to go with uh, Katron and Nick both getting 100 rush yards, but I did change it last minute. I thought this was would be a good week for the defense to really shine, especially with uh, Kansas putting up six sacks. I think there's a good opportunity for some of those edge rushers to really apply pressure and, and, and make a big impact on the game. So, yep. Good uh, point. Yep. Rolling with that. All right. Final score. What do you got for this one? So I, you know, I've kind of uh, put the cart before the horse a couple times in uh, this conversation. <laughs> uh, like I said before, I don't think Penn state is going to blow them out of the water in the first half. I think Penn state is going to have to use, you know, most of the first quarter to kind of find their footing, find their rhythm, uh, get into a groove on offense. Um, really kind of figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work against this defense. Um, so I don't think Penn state is going to have like a, you know, a 35 to seven lead like it did against Delaware. Um, I think it's going to resemble closer to what we saw against West Virginia, but I think at the end of the day, Penn state just has the horses to, you know, really uh, kind of take control in the second half and pull away, uh, maybe capped by a couple of those turnovers as, uh, um, as Illinois is going to have to, you know, hopefully throw the ball late in the game and, Maybe we'll get a couple of those interceptions that I'm predicting, you know, fingers <laughs> crossed. And uh, at the end of the day, I have Penn State winning this game 45 to 21. Ooh, big win. I, I like it. Um, yep. So I have a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do think it is kind of going to resemble that West Virginia matchup, a, s- a similar type of score. Um, so I have Penn State winning 31 to 17. So just on under mm. both of those uh, over unders that we had earlier. So I was very close, but uh, just under. So yeah. uh, anything you want to cover before we get to the uh, PSU round table to finish off the pod? So there is uh, there's something that I wanted to talk about with football that I have to kind of get off my chest. Um, All right. Kind of like Ooh, a, I- a grievance to air. Yes, air your grievances. Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. So I, and this this stems from social media, and I had to talk about this on here because, you know, what we saw a lot of last week was a heavy dose of Bo Pribula, which was awesome. You love to see the backup get in there, especially a young guy like him, a PA guy, to go in and like strut his stuff, go out and compete and perform and do really well. That was really awesome to see. What I've seen more than one instance of on social media um, in the last couple of days is people asking kind of the hypothetical, like, oh, is there any way that we can get Drew Aller and Bo Perbula both out there at the same time? And I just kind of like sat there shaking my head because I think that is a God awful idea. And I'll tell you, I'll (laughs) tell you why I have a couple reasons for this. Like I know that there's legitimate reasons for why you might want to put that on film, but I have, I have three reasons here. Number one, um, tell me which pass catcher or ball carrier you would take off the field to replace with Drew Aller. You know, like you're not taking like many of these guys and saying, oh, you're not like valuable enough in this play. So we're going to put in 
our extra quarterback for this like one gadget play. And I'm not saying that as like a knock against Bo, because I would use the same logic if I were to say, okay, which of these skill players would I want to put in at quarterback for this series instead of Bo? You know, these guys are so specialized and skilled in what they do, which is why they're playing football for Penn State. So that's number one. Number two, everybody is so enamored with this idea because of Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens. Like you saw the line <laughs> package and and it worked like to its credit. But these guys are not the same as Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens because because um, Drew is not as fast and Bo is not as big. Like the reason why that package worked as well as it did was because Tommy Stevens was built like a tight end who could also throw the ball really well. In his final season with Penn State, um, Tommy Stevens was listed as at 6'5", 240. So a hefty dude. Bo is listed at 6'2", and a touch over 200 pounds. So that's number two. Number three, think of like the worst possible scenario that you can imagine like running this gadget play, which is going to get you like what? Like 14 yards or something like that? And all of a sudden, your backup gets hurt. So you, we know that we have a very good backup in reserve, like who's able to come in, run the offense competently, is confident enough in his abilities to like, you know, scramble out of the pocket, make some plays and like scramble with his legs to pick up a first down. If he gets hurt on that play, and then all of a sudden you have to pray that Drew Allard does not go down because then you have your college football playoff aspiration teams hopes riding on true freshman Jackson Smolik. Like that to me, it like, I understand, you know, kind of the, the idea that like, maybe you want to put this on film, like to make the other team think about it. But if you're really going to be running these gadget plays, like let's run it with Keandre Lambert Smith hawking the football. We all, we've all seen him do it. Like to (laughs) me, the risks just so greatly outweigh the rewards that I just I just can't think of like this being a like a good reason to do this. Like this offense under Drew, like as the primary starting quarterback and like as the quote unquote sole quarterback, has scored almost a hundred points through two games. Like, don't fix what's not broken in this case. You know what I mean? Like, so I just I just saw this and I'm like trying to think to myself, I'm like, this is not Trace and Tommy. Like, there's a reason why that worked the way that it did, but in this particular scenario, like I just don't see like too many good reasons to do this. So that's my grievance. Uh, what are your thoughts? So I'll stop there. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox for a second. Oh, you're no fun, Andrew. Like, so <laughs> Co- coach was talking a little bit in the presser today about uh, kind of having about doing point, that about no, about two point conversions. And that, cause okay. they talked about the nine overtimes and, if he was using analytics from that specific game and he's like, well, there's not many nine overtime games. So like, can't really do analytics on it, et cetera. But, um, two point conversion play. So, um, maybe you throw, um, bow on the outside. Why? Bow. I'm just Why? playing devil's out. I'm just, throwing, I'm, I understand. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't but... do it myself, but I'm just playing <laughs> devil's advocate here. So maybe, I, all right, that's fair. <laughs> maybe he slings like a lateral to the outside. Mm-hmm. And then like, you got two good blocking wide receivers on the outside to block for Bo, And he has the, the choice to try to run two yards or maybe throw to, you know, a, another wide receiver crossing over, or he throws the ball back to, 
to Drew completely unexpected and he catches it and runs into the end zone. Almost like um kind of like they did with Clifford. Uh he just didn't catch the ball uh in that nine overtime game. So what what are your thoughts on a play like that and a two point conversion? I mean, maybe. If it if it <laughs> works, then it's gonna look genius. But if I'm in that scenario, like I still go back to the same thing. We've seen plenty of skill players throw the ball in that scenario. We've seen Deshaun Hamilton do it. We've seen Saquon Barkley do it. We've seen Keandre Lambert Smith do it. Like, I just don't see a good enough reason why we need to put two of our most important offensive players in the same play where (laughs) people are so closely condensed in that scenario. And I mean, we saw how many guys lose their season this past football or this past weekend in the NFL because of like weird steps are being rolled up on and stuff like that. Like all it takes is one freak play to lose both of those guys. And then again, like we have such high hopes to overtake Michigan and Ohio state this season. Like that, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Jack Jackson is a very capable player in his own right, which is again, why he's playing for Penn state, but those hopes and those, those goals, like they just evaporate. So you know, I, I know I'm being dramatic here, but I just, I just can't, I hate when people just are like, yeah, like we should do this, man. Like this would be awesome. And it's like, sure. Like if it works and if it works, we're not scoring on that play unless we're like in the red zone. And like, you know, like what happens if like, you know, all of a sudden like somebody rolls up on, on the back of like, of Bo's leg as he, as he's like trying to like get up field and stuff like that. So that was, that was just my thing, but I see, I see what you mean, you know, but I just think that uh, there's there's alternative ways to go about it, but that's uh, that's that's one thing. So another thing that I have here, um, this doesn't pertain. I low key really just to- wanted to get you riled up. Yeah, I exactly. Like I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you, and no, I appreciate you being uh, kind of the the the, the potster a little bit here. Um, <laughs> so I have uh, this kind of relates to Penn State football, but uh, you know, big big game from this past weekend, obviously, was Texas Bama, um, Texas. Mm-hmm pretty much handled Bama down the stretch there. And as a result, um, Texas hopped all the way from number 11 to number four, uh, being the second team to kind of skip over Penn state in the rankings, uh, to go to number four, I believe Florida state is now up to number three. Yeah. Um, cause Ohio state has moved back after kind of a, another, I guess we'll say kind of lackluster performance, uh, you know, relative to their usual output, um against yeah, they did not, they did not win they did not win 63 to 7 yeah um so what do you think of uh penn state being skipped over even though they won their game by gosh what was it 56 points like uh fair not fair do you not care what are your thoughts i i think it's fair i think texas earned it they beat alabama in bama and the the first uh quarterback or the last quarterback to do that was joe burrow uh, yeah. which funny enough was another Ohio state also, quarterback, yeah. <laughs> right? Just like Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's a tough place to win. Um, maybe Bama's fallen off just a little bit with kind of Georgia being the up and comer in the sec and, um, having, you know, especially a really dominant defense. And I feel like they're getting all the best defensive players now. And, you know, the Bama defense used to be kind of like, you know, their pride and joy. So, think they're losing yeah. that a, a little bit um they have to be a little more reliant on their offense and you know they've sent quarterbacks to the nfl draft uh three within the past like five years or so so they, they've been or actually four um so they've been doing really well 
at quarterback and getting wide receivers up there. So I think that's kind of the new strength. They're almost turning more of an Ohio State style team as opposed to like a Michigan style where they're more of a you know defensive heavy and that's like mm. the biggest strength of the team. So you yeah. do see a little bit of that shift in in their identity, but yeah, I think Texas looked really good. They're impressive. Um, uh, I think Ewers looked really good. I think we would have a tough time putting pressure on him. And uh, good offense typically beats good defense, so I think that would be a major concern. And um, Texas's defense did really well. I think we it'd be a challenge to put up points on them. So I, I think it'd be a really interesting matchup. Maybe we'll get to see that in the college football playoff. Who knows? Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I, I think they earned it. We haven't beat anyone yet. Um, yeah. And even if we beat Illinois, I still don't think we earned it. Iowa, I still don't think we earned it. Like, if we beat Ohio State, then I think we we can start kind of getting out the pitchforks or, what, or whatever and complaining about our ranking. But yep. it, if we beat Ohio State in their house, uh, there's no way we're not in the, the top four. Exactly. And I have the same exact thought. Because, um, you know, at the right now, our ranking does not matter. Like the what's shown to move the needle with your ranking is beating one of the top five teams. Um, Florida state did it. And now Texas did it. So right now, Penn state's ranking does not matter. Like if you take care of business and you win the games that are in front of you, the ranking will take care of itself, especially with how the top 10 is laid out right now with the big 10. Like right now you're talking about wins over two, um, what is Ohio State right now? Five. I think, like, so I, think they, I think USC might have jumped them. Ohio State might be at six. Six. Okay. Or they're five or so, six for sure. Got it. So you're talking about so hypothetically, if you beat both those teams, that's two top six victories right now, and Penn State is a short spot in the top four at that point. So it's just you just got to take care of business. That's all. Like so, no need to kind of uh, get up all get all up in our feelings about still being number seven after beating West Virginia and Delaware. So. Yep, and then Penn State never does well when they're ranked number two. So we saw them lose at Iowa in a game they they should have won. We saw them like blow a what was that game when it was, it was Saquon's year after they won the Big Ten? Didn't they have like a thirty-eight to seven lead or no thirty-one dude, to it seven? Was, it was lost a, it was a big ass lead. Yeah, dude, that one that one still hurts. And we we were number three when we lost to Iowa because okay. Iowa was two at that time. Really? But yes. Oh. Wow. That's mm-hmm. kind of surprising just to see where they're actually. They are no, and how- sorry. It was it was three versus four, I think. Oh, I thought we yeah, were two because, and they were four. I could No, be no, because they won that game and then they moved up to number two the next week. And then I think then they lost to Purdue, is how I think that Yeah. Karma man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got we got plenty of that to talk about uh next week. Yeah. Um yeah, so we talked a little bit earlier about how there's not really too many interesting college football games on the slate. Um, you know, you got like maybe a Washington at Michigan State. If Michigan State wins, that lets you know they're maybe for real this year. But um, not really seeing that, especially with the the Mel Tucker suspension. Um, oh yeah. So again, a lot of drama in some of those other teams, uh, you know, out in the Midwest. So glad that's not happening. Uh, you know, none of that drama is to that level is happening uh, within our program. So that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, but, you know, swinging over to our, our round table, uh, the football team is going to be on the road, but there are going to be some uh, home events. Uh, women's soccer 
uh, it's not their last home game, but it's their uh, senior day. So they're they're six zero and one, ranked number six in the country. They beat Princeton three to zero earlier in the week, and they're playing Maryland at six p.m. on Friday uh, in Jeffrey Field. So that that'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, women's volleyball. Uh, they beat they beat Temple in Philly, but then lost to number two Louisville. Um, field hockey, number eleven. They beat number nineteen Delaware four to one. So they also did work against the Blue Hens. Uh, they'll be playing Rutgers at home Friday at five and Bucknell Sunday at noon. And then lastly, uh, we have uh, women's volleyball. Uh, actually, I think I covered them all. Or no, sorry, men's soccer. I missed. Um, they moved up to number fourteen after some good performances. Um, they will be playing at Ohio State on Friday, and then they'll be home Tuesday again versus Maryland at six p.m. And if you can't make it up to State College, that game will also be televised on the Big Ten Network. So a lot of good Penn State sports to watch uh, this week, even though the football team won't be at home. Good stuff. Go State. Go State. Uh, anything else, uh, before you want to get out of here? No, man, just excited for this game this weekend. It's going to be fun. Um, it'll be nice to kind of get it out of the way early in the afternoon so that we can enjoy the rest of our weekend after that. Hopefully, you know, uh, assuming that Penn state wins the game and doesn't, uh, you know, totally ruin our weekend, but yeah, no uh, more nine overtime games. We don't want yeah, to watch until five o'clock. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, nobody wants to see that on either side. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so some ways that all of you at home can help us out here. You can check out our website at nittanyblues.com. You can listen to all of our previous episodes there. There you can also find a link to our uh, merch. That's at shop.nittanyblues.com. We got all kinds of t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and all kinds of accessories to complete your game day look. Um, We got some really uh, cool, unique designs that uh, we're really excited about, including our Lawn Boy shirt. We have our OG Colors throwback shirt with our logo in the pink and black to honor Penn State's original colors and stuff like that. Um, Other than that, you can uh, follow us on all forms of social media at Nittany Blues or the Nittany Blues podcast. So go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But other than that, Vince, uh, you want to bring us home here? Yeah. If you enjoyed the pod, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interest in new episodes, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. We'll see you next time.